Alright, so Emily, last time we talked, we talked about sin. And we said, you know, we're going to do a part two because it was theoretical, it was in the sky, very theological. We want to talk about the practicality mm-hmm. of sin. And I'm interested, like, I think we'll get more into it, but I want to I want to open up with a question. I was thinking this as I was driving here today, like, because you and I, we have a lot of conversations about sin, like more, maybe not a lot of conversations <laughs> about sin, but we talk about Every sin. Every day. <laughs> Every day we talk about sin. But you, you believe in sin. Yes. You also wrestle with not liking total depravity, right? Like, yeah. So where do you see, do you see a difference between sinful people and being totally depraved? Like, where is the line for that in you? I mean, yeah, like I think totally depraved is everything about you. Okay, Uh, rewind. I wrestle with the total depravity as I understood it growing up, which was that there's nothing good about Emily. Right. That is not the gospel and that I don't think is sin. And I actually think that gets you nowhere because then you have no, I have no vision for then of what I could be. Sure. Because if I'm just all bad, then I'm like, well, yeah, of course I'm going to do all this stuff, right? But for me, still believing in sin is saying, I still see in the world that there is so much brokenness, and I still see in myself so many ways that I, whether intentionally or not, harm people with my words or my actions, and I think that is sinful, yeah. And it's okay to say that, but the difference is, and I think I said this on the last episode, is one of my Sunday school teachers would always say, do you, are you a sinner because you sin, or do you sin because you're a sinner? And right. so, and she would say, you sin because you're a sinner. That's your identity, and so of course you're going to do that. Yeah. And I wonder, I think I like her first option more of like, you're you're a sinner because that's something that you do, but it's not, it's not this outpouring of who you are. Yeah. That I guess that would be the difference. It's an identity claim thing. Yeah. Which I know we talked about last time. Yeah, we talked a little about that. And so I so we'll probably name this episode Sin Management. Because we're talking about how you manage <laughs> sin, right? Let's... Well, I mean that you were like so so I appreciate that we're doing this podcast together because I could stay theoretical forever and you're like, So like, are we gonna do anything about this? And yeah. like, why would you ask me that? Like I'm sure. <laughs> um but yeah, you talked about, you were like, so this episode should be about, like, sin management. And I was like, I I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Like. So what about that? Do you not, like, do you not like the idea of it or the concept of it? Or, like, what about it? Because I remember we had, like, this was, like, after we stopped rolling. Mm-hmm. And we were, like, walking out. And you were like, I hate that idea. <laughs> but we're doing it. Yeah. Uh, no, I hate the idea of sin management. <laughs> no, I mean, I get that that's a real thing. Is But I just. To be super honest, if this is a deconstruction podcast, I think an episode on sin management can be incredibly triggering. And sure. I I think about this a lot of like maybe this is a good thing to talk about, but there has been there's so much baggage around the idea of like how do you fight your sin that I'm just over it. Not that I'm not over fighting sin, yeah. but I think when two people get together and they're just like, so how do we fight sin? It just it's exhausting, honestly. I to even think about it just makes me feel like, oh, I'm gonna just feel like the worst. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, I think we're in the practical, so I want to keep 
walking down this line yeah, real quick. It. So it is exhausting and it is like it can be frustrating and painful. But do you think it's valuable? Even if it's something that's like exhausting and frustrating, do you think it's valuable to talk about that kind of thing? <laughs> I think it's Yeah, I think it's valuable. Why do you think that it's valuable in a deconstruction space to keep talking about this though? Let's see quote. I think, yeah, for me. I'm trying to remember, we talked about this a few episodes ago, maybe. But for me, I'm like not a throw the baby out with the bathwater thing, right? Like Absolutely. I think we're, we're deconstructing a lot. Maybe it was in the sin episode. But for me, I can't divorce the idea that we sin from deconstruction, right? And so for me, like, I think it's actually like an integral part. In the same way, like, people say, oh, you don't take the Bible seriously. Well, I take the Bible seriously. That's one of the reasons I'm a part of this. I also think, like, I'm sinful or I sin. And so, like, I have to keep those things together and to, like, remove them. I guess for me, I've seen people completely remove sin out of the equation. And really what they're deconstructing to, and this is going to sound like one of the people that you quoted early on about the tweet you hated, (laughs) but it feels like we're doing it to make ourselves feel better rather than to, like, get to a place of knowing Jesus better. And so... I don't know. Like, I think sin is such a prevalent part of our lives that I find it valuable to talk about because it's the thing that can pull us the furthest away from Jesus. And if we don't talk about it, then I think we're just avoiding, like, the big elephant in the room. Yes, and I think... I get what you're saying. I'm not about throwing out the baby with the bathwater, but I... It's hard to hold those intention in a space where we're processing deconstruction because there are a lot of people saying that deconstruction is sinful. Yeah. So how do we say, how do we acknowledge in a space where we're processing deconstructing, we're sinful and we're deconstructing, but we're not saying that one causes the other? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting. I would have never made that connection, the correlation. Like, just because we are, we sin, right? Yeah. We're also deconstructing. The act of deconstruction, deconstructing isn't sinful. And so, but for someone like you, you've probably heard that before, right? Like what you're doing is sinful. And so I think maybe that's what makes it more important for me to talk about sin is like we're Mm. creating a better rubric for what is sinful and saying like this process isn't a part of that. But there are things that we like, and this, (laughs) this is maybe not funny or no, but I was thinking about something like sinful. So I go through the podcast every week. And, like, I go through the podcast, right? Yeah. And I, I look at, I pull out clips that we're going to put on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And this is sinful. Every time I get through it, I'm like, I'm so pissed that there's more good clips of Emily than there are of Danny. <laughs> That's a sinful thing, right? There's, like, some part of me that, like, wishes. Why is that sinful? Because I'm prideful. Because I want to see myself put up more. You know what I mean? And so, like, I go through the clips and I'm like, oh, this is such a bummer. That, like, I don't have that many good things to say. But what I should be saying is, like, oh, it's awesome that Emily is, like, rocking it out in this. Does that make sense? Like, so for me to go through this, like, I'm wrestling with my own pride of being, like, I want to be the front man of this thing. Uh-huh. And that's yeah, a sinful okay. thing, right? Like, that's sure. my... And so I was just thinking, like, in a practical sense, like, that's me on a regular... Not a regular basis, but, like, a real-world experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember catching myself, and, like, I had pulled out, like, the ninth clip. I was like shit like when am I gonna say something good (laughs) and but then I was like why do I need to say anything good but Mm -hmm. it was like my sinful nature of being like I want to be the man I want to be whatever like pride pushing up to the top and that's where I think like the conversation around sin is important 
to be like, oh, there are like these little minute things that I could go by and just be like, never think about again and reflect back on like, oh, that was like me having sin bubble up to the top and me wanting to pursue myself above anything else, right? So talk to me about how that's productive. Like, how does that help you then maybe like, you know, fight that sin or whatever? Yeah. I don't know about fight, but it's, well, I'll go with the productive thing. It's productive because it got me to the point of what we're doing, right? Like, why are we doing this podcast? Yeah. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with us processing something, something for the help of other people. And so, like, in that moment, I was purely only thinking about myself. And I think I said this last week, like, what I believe sin to be is a tear us apart from God and from one another. And in that moment, like, I was pulling myself apart from other people mm. and from God. And for me in that moment to like reflect on that was helpful and then in the terms of other things like it's just an awareness to say like am i actually seeing every action every moment every conversation am i thinking about that in terms of like is it pulling people up or pulling people down and so i don't know i like for me it's a a self-awareness thing and a practice thing okay yeah i i i like that i think for me who maybe has more of like a schema towards shame I don't think I could have that moment and not be like, Emily is the worst. I'm not saying that's right or good. I'm just, I think maybe I come in with, I don't want to say, I don't know, I don't know, more sensitivities maybe to this topic because it so quickly becomes like, and you, and you said, you said, I'm prideful. You made an identity statement yeah. in, when you talked about that moment that you had where you caught yourself. Yeah. I'm all about catching ourselves with things and being like, or just interrupting maybe our thought process that isn't helpful or that pulls us away from God or each other. Yeah. But I think the problem is, is we, I think the actual work of deconstruction is saying, okay, but that doesn't say anything about who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about this last week, right? Like, or I said the idea of like the, the grace house and you're going through the rooms and you're mm, exploring mm. your sin. Like, that's what I see it to be. Like there's, it's not defining my identity. But it's me exploring these areas and becoming way more self-aware to those things. And I think that's my biggest fear in the avoidance of the sin conversation is we're actually just like ostriches putting our heads in the ground. And we're avoiding the act of being self-aware about where our sin is because it makes us feel a certain way. And I think that's where I think I wish we would be more engaged in the conversation because it's like it shouldn't be a thing that's going to make us feel crappy or shameful. But it's actually something I think should be drawing us closer to God because we're becoming more aware of the areas that we're naturally pulling ourselves away. Yeah. And so I actually want to go back to your definition of sin. I was thinking about this as you were talking. If like, I think maybe this isn't your experience. I would say like growing up and hearing about sin, I wasn't really told any of the reasons why I was just like, this is the rules. And I think it's so interesting. Like I assume, I'm assuming that if you tell, like, one of your kids, like, don't touch the stove, you don't just say, like, because I said so, like, maybe, or maybe no, you do. That's what I said. I give them no context. <laughs> um, so. Or maybe you say, like, oh, this is harmful, and I think, and this will, like, hurt you. This is actually because I love you and care about you, and it's a loving thing for me to create this rule and this boundary. Yeah. But I think sometimes when we talk about sin, we don't go there. Like, I think sometimes we're just like, yeah, it hurts God's feelings. I'm yeah. like, okay. So God just is up there and gets annoyed i yeah. don't really care yeah Sorry, we I'm, talked about that last week I think yeah like it's the idea that like god is this immature teenager that's feelings are hurt all the time is not right but like i think about like my 13 month old daughter right like she got up on a table this morning like she like 
uh, was like trying to get out of this like, used tables to make playpins, and she's now tall enough to get on it. And mm-hmm. we were like, no, don't do that, right? And she's 13 months old, so she doesn't like speak great English at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but we like when we pulled her down from her, we weren't like saying like, hey, don't do this because you shouldn't do this. We try to like explain and talk and like the best you can to an infant. And I think that's what you're saying. And I think what the whole process should be. It's like, we don't do this because someone just, it'll hurt their feelings. They don't want them to. There's no context. Like we try to talk about sin and avoid sin and engage with God in that conversation because God sees a bigger picture that maybe we don't see and wants the best Mm -hmm. for us. And I think that's the whole hope of this conversation is like realizing like there are boundaries. There are things that we should try to avoid things that, don't edify us and make us more like the people we were created to be and trying to avoid those things not because it bums God out but because it actually is destructive to us and like that's where I think the other part of sin is is like going back to even my thing of like my pride like being prideful that that, a destructive cycle that like if I allowed that to exist it would be destructive to myself destructive to our relationship to any like any it would have so many spider legs and I think Mm -hmm. that's the thing to realize about sin too it's like there's a destruction to it. It's not just like a, it hurts God's feelings. So did you always have that view of sin? Or like, I guess I want to know, like, if, if not, how did you get to this definition of sin? And how has that changed maybe your like, quote unquote, sin management process? Yeah. Or maybe you're like, I've been killing it since day one. That's exactly how I thought of sin every day. Yeah. I was out the womb. <laughs> you guys uh, like, you're like, yeah, hey guys. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't know. I have to think, like, I you talked about like being in like kind of a sh- like a shameful understanding of things right i think for me through up through college like i felt pretty terrible all the time like because my understanding of sin was much more based in shame mm. like I, I i was really nervous for a long time like that i was going to go to hell like that was pretty much the only reason i was a christian i remember i worked at a sleepaway camp and I think like someone came in my room like shook my bed to like make sure I was there and didn't sneak out but like there was like a thunderstorm happening and I remember like waking up and I didn't see them and like I couldn't see anyone in their beds and I thought everyone got raptured and I was the only one left behind and so like and that movie was like really hot at that time in the book and so for me like I was always nervous about trying not to sin and trying to be the best I could only because I didn't want to go to hell and only because I didn't want to be left behind and only because like the amount of shame that was built up in me and then one day I felt like it kind of turned and I was just like this seems to not be like if the whole point of faith is to not go to hell then that's a bummer of a way to live life but if the whole point of what we're doing is to live in abundance and joy with God and to live in like paradise that's a different thing, right? Like for me, it wasn't trying to strive for paradise. It was only trying to avoid hell. And I think that's where my understanding of sin shifted because then sin wasn't my thing that was like adding one more check in my you're a crappy person box. It was something that was trying to like drag me away from where God wanted me to be Mm. and trying to shed those things away is what I understood my role in sin management. So sin management is like such an interesting term that we keep using. And I think we use it like tongue in cheek. Yeah. We keep saying, I really do not like that. Yeah, term. I think we should stop saying, I think it's kind of funny. Yeah. You're the comedian. So I'll let you yeah. decide that. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. Like for me, 
I think sin is. I mean, you might affirm, you might feel this way too. I think we talk more about sin than we need to, but I also think in some ways we don't value sin as much as we should. I, don't, I think it's both sides of the coin. <laughs> uh-huh. like, I think we talk about it all the time, and it like gets. I'm like, guys, just let up. Like I worked in churches where it was like fire and brimstone. It's like Absolutely. too much. But then I'm also like, I've been in a place where it's like, we don't even acknowledge that sin exists. And yeah. there has to be some middle ground between fire and brimstone and like bubblegum and rainbows. This You made me think about like, we don't value sin enough. You know the hymn, um, It Is Well With My Soul? I do. You do? Um, <laughs> the line of the second verse is, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. And then it says like, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross. But every time I sing that, I'm like, it seems like we're being like, oh, man, like the bliss of thinking about sin. The bliss of it. Just freaking love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't you know. saying. Is there, there might be bliss in thinking about our sinfulness. That actually might be true. You don't think so? Uh, no. I, th- <laughs> I think, I think if I'm feeling, ooh. I don't know if I think this, but this is what came to my mind. Yeah. If I'm feeling bliss about my sin, then I'm so lost in my sin that I can't see that it's harming me and others. Hmm. But I get, I think, so, okay, okay. The, the, I remember what I was going to bring up. The How we would say, like, this is our little cute, this is the gospel. We would say, um, you're more sinful than you, can, you, than you ever dared believe, and you're more loved than yeah. you ever dared hope. <sighs> that feels like sin is just as big of a deal in the gospel. And they would say, like, you well, you can't love God if you don't know your sin. So is that what you're getting at when you're saying, like, thinking about sin is bliss? Because to me, that just makes me think, dang, I'm, and I get that I'm, like, not worthy, I guess. But, like, just well, makes me feel like, like crap, Danny. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I should, I don't think we should feel like crap. But I think about, like, the book of Leviticus. Yeah. Which is, like, the place where people start reading the Bible and they're, like, like yeah. and they go to die there. Like, I've never, no, they stop reading there. But, like, a large, this is an overgeneralization of that book. But that book, in a lot of ways, is telling us how much God loves us and how much we are not like God, right? Like, that we aren't, like, God isn't just, like, this person that we can be like. There's yeah. an otherness to God. And I think, so when I say, like, the there might be a blissfulness in understanding our sin, it's understanding, like, we are not yet like God, but that we, like, we are in a state right now where we are sinful. And there's bliss in knowing the role we play in the place that we occupy, but there's also bliss in understanding, like, what Jesus did on our behalf and that God is trying to reconcile us back to him in that process. And so I don't. I find that there's something freeing in understanding, like I'm not a perfect person. Yeah, that's a good point because if I didn't believe in sin, then I would just be like, "Am I the only one who is losing my mind and doing some really bad stuff?" Like I always remember. I think I maybe said this in the last episode, but when Paul says, "I do not do the thing that I want; I do the very thing that I hate," the first time I read that, I was like, "Thank you." I was like, "Someone gets it." Like I think that is maybe a blissful area of. Yeah. thinking about sin yeah it just i just feel like it's a slippery slope mm, the slippery slope the slippery slope did you have that poster growing up i didn't know okay well yeah i don't know that we were more practical or not i don't know if we got i think yeah i don't know either <laughs> well so we didn't talk about like well i don't want this to be a how to fight sin episode 
Because I feel like that's how you make sin practical. Yeah. Or how to sin. That's not. We could do a how to sin episode. <laughs> Part three. How to sin. Part three. <laughs> what yeah, sounds th- good? Here are some options. <laughs> I think so. I would like if you. I've actually. I've gone away from this section last couple episodes, but from your perspective. Like, if you were going to talk to someone, and I know you don't like the term sin management, you don't like the idea of it, but if you were going to encourage someone in deconstruction to understand and maybe embrace sin, even if it makes you uncomfortable, what would be your word of encouragement for someone that's, like, maybe in a place where, like, they do want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, or the place where they're, like, I'm, like, just neck deep in shame? Like, what would be your conversation encouragement word to someone as they're trying to understand the relationship between faith, sin, and deconstruction. Okay, I want to say one thing, and then I'm going to answer your question. Sure. Okay. So thinking about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, you want to know what drives me bonkers is when is when people maybe who deconstruct, and then they go toward what I guess, like, I don't know, evangelicals would say, like, oh, you, you went toward a sinful life. I think... I just believe so strongly that people do not deconstruct in order to sin. That is so annoying to me when people are like, I bet you just wanted to have sex, so you just deconstructed. I'm like, it's not, it, honestly, it's not worth it. Just have yeah. sex. Like, if yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> deconstruction is, is a hard journey. Yeah. It, like, I, so what I, what I mean by that though is I think sometimes that happens, not because that's why people deconstructed, but when you start to say, oh, maybe who I trusted can't be trusted about these things that I've heard. Well, what else can't be trusted? Yeah. So I, mean, I think it's more of a byproduct than the reason, and I just really needed to say that. No, I think that's, I think that's good. And I think even in what you said, like, I think, and maybe this is where we wanted to go initially, but, like, well, I wouldn't. I would be nervous to use But I think defining, like, what is sinful is also, like, to be like, hey, like, like, I think it's a cop-out for people that are highly religious, even whatever you want to say, to be like, you're doing this so that you can go do this sin. Yeah. Because it's creating such a unfair and shrunken view of what that person is in this process for. And then the church has absolutely no responsibility. Yeah, right. What a freaking cop-out. Sorry. It's a cop-out. And I think it's, yeah... And it's also just, like, it's not only shrinking the person's process and deconstruction, but I think it's shrinking the wholeness of the gospel to be, like, you're just doing this so that you can do this one thing. Also, if we're going with sex specifically, that, to me, is a continuation of purity culture. That Christianity is so obsessed with sex that you're even making deconstruction about sex when no one else is making it about that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I could we go could do Yeah. We could do a whole Maybe we will. series on the unhealthy relationship between the church and its view on sex in general yeah okay but i'll answer your question now because <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just get more mad um get more mad get more mad danny's enneagram eight is like please get <laughs> yeah. more mad um i guess what i'd say is i'll speak to my own experience sure. when my definition of sin changed from hurting god's feelings to taking me away from God and from others and not only that but me not living in my truest self when I thought my truest self was total depravity I was like when I sinned I was like freaking of course right but when I started to have this image of like man I am not there yet but I 
believe that I am being sanctified and that I am growing and changing and one day I'll be fully renewed in the new heavens and the new earth. So when I am fighting sin, I am living into who Emily actually is. I know that feels abstract, but that feels very tangible to me in a sense that now sin management isn't me managing my most natural self. It's Mm. actually me shedding what's not the truest thing about me. Mm. And that is such a game changer to me to say, I mean, like... I bear the image of God, and I today bear the image of glorified Emily. Yeah. And so if I'm fighting sin and I'm saying, man, this thing, I'm, if I'm catching myself saying, oh, I don't want to do this thing that's pulling me away from God and other people, man, that is me living into the truest thing about me. And I'm I'm sorry if that didn't answer your question. No, it did. I'll tell you that your, I thought your answer was so good. I, like, thought my, like, I wanted to fist bump you because I thought it was so good. Aw. So... Good job. Um, but I think I love the the shedding away. Like, I think that's... And I think that's, like, if I was leaving people with something, that's what I think we're talking about, about yeah. sin, is we're shedding away the things that aren't of God and aren't of us, but that have been covered over us. And so it's like, I think we're in this process of shedding away those things. And I think that's what... Sin is the ultimate covering of something that isn't us but it's over us and we have to shed it away and can shed it away and that view of sin to me is the antidote for shame when we talk about sin yeah it's saying no this isn't this has this says nothing about your worth or who you are this says we're fighting for who you really are that is so good yeah it's different if like if we're like if my sin is my hat and I can take it off and shed it away or it's like something that's like underneath my skin and I need like surgery to get out right like it's not a part of me it's something that I can like shed away because it's like a much more painful process if I have to like root around and rip something out of me that's a part of me but if it's something that's just like laid on top of me I can take it away are you saying it's both no I'm saying it's one not the other saying sin is always a hat sin can be my hat goodbye sin goodbye sin I mean, I think sometimes sin is that is as painful though as like yeah, just getting sometimes surgery. Sometimes my hands too tight. <laughs> okay. Do you have any more thoughts? Nope. Okay. Next episode, we're just talking about Danny's hat and how he Pastor Dan with his backwards hat. Don't say, you're going to take me to a dark place. <laughs> All right. Um, well, hey everybody, thanks for listening and embrace the journey. Why would you do that to me? <laughs> I'm sorry. Does that bother you? <laughs>